0: Hi. You are now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Today you will hear a sermon from Pastor Frank Pizor. So without further ado, here he is. Last week, if you remember, if you were here, and uh, if you weren't here, I'm sure you went online and, and looked at it and just wanted to stay up to date with things. But I shared what I have is a dream, uh, a vision, an ideal. And my dream is that the church would be able to live out what I believe is the broken body. And last week, I talked about what the broken body was. The broken part is basically focused on us. We are a broken people. And I know that's really good language for today. Uh, Often, though, when we hear the word broken, we think I have personality quirks, or I have habits that I've learned, or I'm, I'm part of a culture. And that is part of our brokenness. But I wanted us to see more than anything else, that that brokenness is energized by our sin. So when I'm talking about brokenness, I'm not just talking about the personality quirks, but I'm talking about the energy that they get from our sinful nature, from our sinfulness, our desire to be about ourselves. And I think that's a very important part to understand, especially when we deal with the church as the broken body. Because as a body, we're broken. Why not just admit it? I think it's the easiest thing to say. Listen, I am selfish. Uh, I struggle with selfishness. I am broken. My personality quirks get in the way, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. But all of these things really affect who I am and what I do. And my brokenness, I want to be real about that. I want to be raw about that. I want people to know that when they come to church, that that same brokenness that I have is probably something that you have too, and that's okay to a point. But to admit that and say, listen, I am here. Because as a broken person, I need the body. And the body, the two things that I I, I really enjoy about the body is, is, one, it reminds us of Christ, right? Because the body is the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. In our brokenness, in our sinfulness, we can come to the body of Christ and we can receive help, that accountability, that admonishment that God gives us through the other people in the church, So I don't know about you, I do know about me, I'm I'm preaching to myself, I need a lot of mercy and grace in the way I live my daily life. And my imagination is that everyone is in that same boat. And being in that same boat, when we come to church, being the broken body, the body part is to extend that mercy and grace to everybody else. Because as what we would want we would want others to do as well. And I shared like an example last week of how you drive. You know, the way you, tr- you want to be treated when you drive like cutting into a lane is the same way you should be treating people. But I admitted, in all honesty, I'm the exact opposite. So that brokenness is still there. It's something that I need to deal with, but I can always come back to the body, not only the church, but ultimately in the end, the body of Christ. The actual broken body of Jesus that brings us this salvation, that brings us this healing, that brings us this mercy and grace that takes those of us who are broken and works on making us whole. And that's my dream, where people can actually come together and be this broken body. Now, this Monday, I just started a certificate program on spiritual direction. And uh, we had our retreat yesterday. It's weird because it was, I've never had a Zoom retreat. So we're just going to have a, a Zoom retreat. You're like at 27 people. You can't see everybody and you're on this retreat. Now, the thing about, you have to understand is in a spiritual direction certificate program, you have a lot of emoters and empaths, okay? A lot of people that are, are very emotional, but we spent the first two hours just sharing our story. And the brokenness that is there is unbelievable. Not that these people are horrible people because they have this great desire uh, to love God. But the, the illnesses, the deaths, the struggles with sin, all of those things. in, in just uh, in two hours, 27 people pouring out their hearts and saying, I am broken. But there's Jesus. And each one of these 27 people are not only sharing their brokenness and their sorrows and their pains, but they're also sharing like this is how Jesus entered into it all and is making me the person that I am today with the hopes that not only will I continue to grow to know Jesus, but that I can turn around and give the same mercy and grace that I have received in order to help other people on this journey get to this place of healing and wholeness. And I said to myself, and somebody else said this too, but I said this to myself, man, this is the church. I mean, this is on Zoom, but the the connection that I felt with these people that I don't even know at all was to me an example of what the church really would be. I'd love to come to church every Sunday and live out this dream, live out this ideal, live out this vision of people actually saying, I need God. And I'm here today because I need God, not because it's something that I do on Sundays. And so that's my vision. That's my dream. That's my ideal. We talked a little bit about last week that the most important characteristic in all of this is that you have to care. You have to care for people. Uh, I know some people when you hear again, like I mentioned last week, you know, when you talk about the ministry of admonister, like, dude, I am in. I am so ready to tell people like it is. There are some people who really need to know, and I mean this, they really need to know that they have done some wrong things and they gotta get their life straightened out. This ministry is not for you. If that's the way you feel, please get out as soon as possible. We looked at Paul in Acts chapter 20 verse 31 and he says, therefore be alert. Remembering that for three years, night or day, I did not cease warning, admonishing each one of you with tears. You know, Paul's point is that I really cried. I wept. Yesterday, I was surprised. There were people that had to um, uh, stop the video because they were crying. One lady said, I, can't, I, have to, I just had to turn off my my picture, because I was just crying so much listening to the stories of these people. That's the heart attitude of Paul. That's the heart attitude of admonish, that sense that I really care for you. I really, really so much care for you. It brings me to tears because I hate to see the pain that you're in. I hate to see the struggle that you're in. I hate to see you facing all of these consequences because I love you so much. Now, if you have that attitude, then I would pray that you would sign up for a ministry of admonish. Because that's the kind of attitude that God has towards us as well. Now, as we go along, we have to ask ourselves, okay, we get that. Now, what is a ministry of admonish? You have it right here, and some of those are in big words. So I have here a continuous speaking ministry of care and correction. And again, the speaking part is, you know, admonishing, you have to talk. But when you're talking, the hope is that you will help people think about what they are doing and Why? With the hope that said person, and I like that phrase, I put that everywhere, I apologize for that. But said person will act by avoiding, turning from, or repenting of their thinking and or behavior. This is a caring ministry that really wants people to get to a place of wholeness and holiness. And so today I want to talk about what we have is as the purpose of ministry. Now, we might have a couple slide difficulties. Um, Last night I changed a couple things. Uh, This morning, I changed a couple things. So if a slide or two pops up, and I say, Joe, skip that. Um, It's not Joe's fault. just going to start that at staff meeting on Tuesday. It's my fault because I changed things. Just remember last night, Joe sent me one of those little emojis, like, oh, my goodness, why are you doing this? So there will be some changes. So don't pick on Joe. All right. The ministry of Manish has a purpose, and the purpose is maturity in Christ. You see, if I'm going to admonish you, I don't want to just tell you what you did wrong. I don't want to tell you why you did it wrong, how you can get better. But because I care about you, because I care about Jesus, because I care about Jesus in your life and want to see you grow in your relationship with Jesus, I'm going to admonish you. So listen to what Paul writes in first uh, Colossians chapter one, verse 28. He says, Jesus is the one we proclaim, warning, admonishing, Everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. You see, the goal is not for you to be a better person. You know, Pastor Dave's talked about this many, many times. The gospel is not about you 2.0, it's about becoming more like Jesus. So we don't want to create better people when we admonish people. What we want to see is Christ in them. So I don't know if Joe got this verse. I don't know if I said it to him, but I, I did add this last night. Galatians 4.19, Paul writes, my little children, for whom I again am in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Joe got it. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. The point behind this is Paul is in anguish. When, when he admonishes people, he is anguished. Now, how many of you have ever given birth to a child? Uh, I'm gonna am t- gonna tell you about my brokenness right now, and I'm gonna ask for your mercy and grace. You know that I'm sarcastic. You know that I like to joke around a lot. And our first child, you know how in mamas, they tell you to have a focal point, right? Okay, guess what? I told my wife should be her focal point. My face? No, that would be scary. <laughs> we'll I'll talk later, though. <laughs> that's that's a little too generous and kind of you i was a little bit worse anyone want to guess come on somebody's got to guess wow andy that's kind of cold-blooded there (laughs) the cross i told my wife to look at the cross you think you're in pain think about what jesus went through (laughs) okay now don't send hate meal i was only joking but that was not an appropriate thing to say that's brokenness right but but you know if you've been through childbirth and I haven't it's painful right do I get an amen from any of the ladies who've had children it's it's not until that epiro gets in does it become heaven Paul here is saying listen I'm in anguish. I'm in pain. The very heart of who I am just is, it's like grief. It's, it's all kinds of emotions that are going together that Paul says, listen, I admonish you because I want to see Christ formed in you. Nothing else matters other than Christ formed in you and so the purpose for paul is not just to have the freedom to tell people like it is it's the freedom the opportunity to help people find christ in the midst of their struggle with sin to find christ in the midst of their sorrow and pain to find christ for wholeness and healing for relief and so when paul is saying listen i'm I'm, I'm in this ministry not because I like to tell people how wrong they are. I'm in this ministry because I care. But the purpose is ultimately to be formed in Christ, to be like Christ. Now that leaves you a question, what does that really mean? So I have three, three ways of looking at this, and uh, hopefully they will make sense to you because in the end I want us to see Paul's anguish Anyone who does this ministry of admonish, their anguish is based on the desire for people to be like Christ. So, what does that look like? So, I think I, I don't know if I got you. I think you got this last night, right? Oh no, skip that one. Skip that one. Maturity in Christ is this. This is what I use for youth group. You know, sometimes you want to have metrics, like how do I know the youth group kids are actually growing? So, for me, uh, what I have maturity is conformity to Christ. When our desires, thoughts, words, and actions conform to the life of Jesus. To me, this is a youth group definition of what it means to be spiritually mature. Now think about this. When your desires change and become more Christ-like, that's becoming spiritually mature. And the desires that, I, that you can think of Jesus, what are some of the desires of Jesus? Jesus. His desire is to please his father. His desire is to submit to his father's will. I mean, desires is where it all starts, right? Like if you don't have a desire for something, it's not temptation. So like if Steve came up here and said, bro, man, I, I got a line of Coke for you, man. I, I, it, you're going to like it. The high that you will get from this stuff will never take you anywhere. And he's not going to, but he's sitting up in front and that's what you get. Uh, the temptation level would be very zero. I don't care. That, that stuff doesn't bother me. You know, if he said, bro, I've got a plan to make you the senior pastor of this church. Nope, no thanks. Love you guys. Don't want to be the lead pastor. Not anything for you, but it's just in my heart. That's not where I want to go. No temptation. But if he says, bro, I could give you like a million dollars tax free and you could retire and do whatever you want to do all day long. You could play pickleball. You could play softball. You could go out to lunch with people. Suddenly you got my ear right? Because that's where the desire lies. That's where it all starts. And so if we want to look at, hey, am I growing? Am I becoming more like Christ? The question is, check your desires. What do your desires want? Do you want what you want or do you want what God wants? It's huge, right? Do you ever struggle with forgiveness? Right? What is the desire? I don't know about you. I say this often because it's a problem, obviously. When I have a chance, when I'm angry, you know what my desire is? Revenge. And again, planning. you know How do I work this in a subtle way that it looks like I'm really ignorant and don't know what I'm doing, but I still get what I want? That's my desire. Now, what kind of desire is that? Anyone want to tell me? <laughs> right. sinful, man, that's a sinful desire. But when you can have that experience and and, and you can say in your heart, I want to love this person. I want to bless this person. Now you see that your desires are different. And so for me, really, I just would say conformity to Christ is when your desires are like the desires of Jesus. And then the outflow of all that are your thoughts, your words, and your actions. That follows. So to me, spiritual maturity, the maturity that Paul is admonishing the church is, to, is this, be conformed to Jesus. Let him change your desires. Let him heal you. Let him take care of you. Let him purify you. Let him cleanse you. And that's that, that maturity deals with the desires. It's like this, and, I, and I'll be honest here, and, and, and a lot of you have said this to me, but sometimes when you go, man, I don't really feel like reading the word today. I cannot imagine Jesus ever saying that. I'm just being honest. I can't imagine Jesus saying, Yeah, God, I'm a little tired. You know, I just don't want to have talk. I don't want to talk to you today. I can't see that. And yet, in our modern, busy world, what do we often do? That's a sign to me, when I say that, of immaturity, of sinfulness. God, I don't have time for you. I don't need you. I don't want to depend on you. And so this definition to me, this conformity to Christ, is I think Jesus was in a continual state of Hunger and thirst for a relationship with his father. And it it worked in his desires. He lived it out in his life. And when we're not like that, then we have to be honest. Right now, I'm probably walking in the flesh. I'm not living the life, the spirit-filled life that God wants me. Because, I I mean, when you, when the spirit of God is working in your heart, there's a hunger to read the word. Now, I'm not making like, if you read 15 chapters a day, then you're really hungry. But if you only read 10, you're sort of hungry. Five, kind of hungry. And if you don't read anything, you're not hungry at all. I'm not saying that. You could read one verse. This is the crazy thing about these spiritual direction, emotion, empath people. They're like, if you could just read one word, verse and you dive into it and you just meet God in that one verse, that's good enough. And they're just like, even one phrase, one word. You see, the hunger... The desire is to just be with God. It's not about quantity, it's about the quality. I have a second definition the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. In other words, it's kind of like being spirit-filled. I mean, if you can see all those things when you go into something and you can actually experience that, when in the midst of difficulties and trials, you can actually have joy. You can actually have peace. You can actually be patient. Now, I don't know about you. I only know myself. But when circumstances get ugly, guess what rears its head in my life? Who said anger? Wow, you really have such a low view of me. But you're right! (laughs) That's good. Keep that low view, sister, because I need mercy and grace. Yeah, I begin to say things like, God, what's going on here? I don't deserve this. In fact, sometimes, like yesterday I shared, I shared with the people, like, I feel like my life is a roller coaster up and down, up and down, good, bad. It goes throughout the whole day like that. And I'm waiting for the one day when I'm on the cruise ship sailing on the glass sea. That's my desire. See, that's kind of like a non-wanting-to-grow kind of desire. And yet, what what am I saying? I don't have joy in the midst of my difficult circumstances. I want peace, but I want peace my way. Not the peace that trusts God, that knowing that he's doing something in and through that. It's not like God wants me to be a horrible, miserable person. God's desire is that I would be more like Christ, more filled with the Spirit. And so when my circumstances go south... It's not about me, but if I can, at the fruit of the Spirit, allow that to change my life, then you are seeing spiritual maturity. When you get into a disagreement with someone, instead of planning revenge, I should be thinking of kindness. How can I be kind to them? Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So to me, that is another sign of, hey, how do I know that I'm actually being mature? Now, in all of this, what what, what's happening here? It's a ministry of admonish. I'm admonishing us. I'm warning us. I'm helping us see what does spiritual maturity actually look like? Because if the goal of admonish is for us to be conformed into the image of Christ, these are pictures of what it means to be like Jesus. Here's the tough one. Third one. Obedience. Maturity is obedience. Jesus prayed, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And because of a lack of hypocrisy in his life, he then prayed this on the night before he was crucified. My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. You see, spiritual maturity is obedience. It's obeying God. This is not an easy time for Jesus. It's not like every day someone thinks, you know, my, 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 uh, my hope is to suffer and experience pain. Nobody wants that. And, and even Jesus, even though he knew in his mind for the joy set before him, he would endure the cross, but it doesn't mean that it was any less painful of an event for him. And here in all of this, he obeys what the Father will do obedience is a huge sign because i think many of us love to live in the broken i love to live in the broken it's easier to live in the broken it's easier to be angry it's easier to give in to whatever it is that you're tempted with it's really hard to live in wholeness and obedience it's very difficult but i know that i am seeing or experiencing god when i can out of my brokenness, when I can get out of my selfishness, when I can get out of my sinfulness and actually get in to following God because I'm obeying what He wants me to do even though I don't want to do it. And sometimes that's what obedience calls us to do, right? Because there are a lot of times basically in your own lives, ask yourselves, how many of you love to go to work every day? You almost kind of... (laughs) half love it right yeah we don't but you have to go right in in the same way how many of us really love to do what god wants us to do sometimes if you're like me i remember when i first became a christian it was like god just give me this one time one time man we got years together just give me the freedom one time it's like what that's not maturity maturity is obedience the obedience that when someone has angered you someone has hurt you someone has upset you to get to a place of forgiveness now, that's a whole nother sermon on how that forgiveness works itself out. But what God calls us to is obedience. And so our maturity in Christ is, our, is the way that we obey God, even in our brokenness. Because that's the beautiful part of the body, isn't it? Like if we all sat here and said, listen, we all have this disease. Here is the cure. And this is what it looks like when you've been cured. But we all say, hey, dude, let's all recognize we had the disease. This is great. Because when the world looks at us and goes, hey, wait a minute, you guys are the same boat that we are and we see nothing different. What is the attraction of Christ? The attraction of Christ is when he looks at all of us who are broken and we surrender to him and we allow him to change us and conform us into the image of Christ. Is that easy? No. No. I don't think it is ever easy. At least for me. It's never easy. Listening yesterday... A very stark contrast to, two, to, to one guy who was sharing the story of how um, two cancer stories, but the one that got me because it deals with kids is his, his oldest daughter uh, has brain tumors. And uh, just sitting there, you think, oh, you know, my words to God in a sense of frustration were, come on, God, you've got to be kidding me. Really? His wife has cancer. Now his daughter has cancer. Really? That's my brokenness speaking. And, 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 and just, his, his answer it was, to me was shocking because he, he talked to somebody else in his church and uh, as he was talking to the other person, the other person was like, bro, this is a battle, man. This is really hard for me because the other guy's child also had cancer. And he's like, are you kidding me? This is some of the greatest times in my life. Now, that is a a. a a a, to me like wow how can you do that because i'm with the other guy man i'm like i'm yelling at god saying why does my kid have cancer this isn't fair this isn't right but he's able to get to that place now i envy that and i'm angry at that i envy it because i want to be like that and i'm angry because i feel like i'll never get there but the thought is it doesn't mean that everyone in their obedience has to be in the same place You you can battle through that. You can struggle through that. If anyone has a kid here, you know that it's really going to be hard if you ever heard those words, right? I can't imagine it. At youth group, I've shared this many times. My biggest fear is losing one of my children. So what I want us to see, this, this battle that goes on between what I want to do and what God wants me to do is real and it's never ending, and I need Jesus, and that's it. I need the body. I need you as my church family to be able to come around me and love me. And even in loving me, say, bro, man, that is so off. To have the freedom to say that I have anger issues in the middle of a sermon. That's what I want. That's my ideal picture of a church, a church that is real, a church that is raw, a church that says we all need Jesus. And you know what? Steve, you messed up. But God loves you, and so do I. And how can we get you to a place where you get to know Jesus more? Mind you, he will never sit in the front row again. But you're cured. Let me finish with this. How does this Jesus thing work? in a church that's called the broken body that has a ministry of admonish. I just looked at Jesus. This is what Jesus says. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. He says what? He says, come as you are. Come as you are. You're broken, man. You're broken. There's no ifs, no ands, no buts, no excuses, no reasons, no nothing. You are broken. You are broken by sin and all the other stuff that goes with it. And trust me, if you want to talk about someone who had compassion for people who had been sinned against or people who struggle with sin, it's Jesus. And Jesus says, come, come as you are. Not come all cleaned up and put together and looking great. But in your brokenness, come as you are. That's the invitation. The, the broken body says, come as you are. This is who you are. Don't be afraid of, of admitting it. It's the reality. Like if you go to the doctor and uh, you don't you have issues, you have headaches, or you have cramps, and the doctor goes, hey, how you feeling today? And you go, oh, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm all right, man. Because you're embarrassed. Okay, all right, I'm going to be open and honest here a little bit. This is going to be a little awkward, though, okay? So the other day I was having plumbing issues, and I went to the doctor. And, uh, you know, the doctor's got to ask the question, are you fooling around? You know what I mean? Not like fooling around playing basketball and pickleball, but like fooling around. Okay, you got me? Just in case there are any kids here or people who can't handle me being too serious. And I'm like, bro, man, don't worry. It's all good. But he has to ask that question, now, if I've been fooling around, and I haven't, but if I had been, and, I'm, and I have some sort of disease, what happens? I'm infecting other people. My silence doesn't help anybody. My silence doesn't help me. It could lead to my death. So he asks that question. He does the admonishment. But he says, come as you are. He's not going to sit there and go, what? How dare you? No, his point will be, okay, well, then we have a problem. Let's get this fixed. You see, Jesus says, come as you are. You're broken, man. That's it. Why do we have to hide that? That does not make sense to me. This is a family. This is a body. If my kids, I always told my, I, I tell this my daughters, well, not the younger ones yet. My oldest one, I said, you know what? If you ever get pregnant, and I'm not saying anything about our character, just, just like pre-parenting kind of stuff, don't worry about it. We still love you. We will help you. I'm not encouraging the behavior. I'm just saying, come as you are. You are my daughter. I will love you no matter what. Mistakes in trouble, difficulty, sorrow, pain, grief. I am your father. I am there. That's what Jesus is saying to the broken body. Come as you are. But he doesn't say, now let's just leave it there. He says, and I will give you rest. Come and I will give you rest. And then how does he finish the Gospel of Matthew? He says, go. See, if you you really love someone, you don't just say, okay, well, yeah, you have a problem, you have a difficulty, you have a struggle, I'll be there with you, let's just kind of sit here. and No, the ministry of Monash comes along, okay, this is what has happened. But we don't have to stay here. We don't have to be stuck here. Because of Jesus, we can get to this place that we want to get to. And so Jesus says, yeah, come as you are. But because Jesus loves us, he doesn't say stay as you are. Because that wouldn't be very loving. Like if I looked at my youngest daughter, Janet, in sixth grade, and uh, she's getting uh, D's and F's in school, and I go, dude, you know, come as you are. Tell me you're doing well, and then leave it at that. That's not a very loving parent, is it? How do we get you help to get you to this place? And the answer is Jesus. Jesus. A simple flat out Jesus. Because he knows you he knows me. He knows you. He knows every quirk. I can tell you, and I've told you before, every day I have these conversations in my head where I'm talking to Jesus, and all I can say is, I'm telling him how I feel, and then I just shake my head. So if you ever see me shaking my head, you know right now Jesus just told me, dude, that's messed up. Okay? Anytime. I'm gonna do it now. Not because I say saying that, but that's what happens. Because I go down these trails, and Jesus says, I know you. I know who you are, but that's messed up. That's not who I am. That's not who I want you to be. Here is a better way. I'm messed up. I'm a part of the broken body. I am broken. I I, I don't know who I said it to the other day. I think it was Thursday night, meeting with Marcus and uh, Brett And um, just said to myself, man, I don't even know how I'm a pastor sometimes. I wonder. Now, mind you, I'm not going out and committing crimes and stuff like that. So don't be freaking out and checking into my records. Well, if you wanted to, you'd be free to do so. But my point is, I am broken. And I have to come to this body and Jesus himself as the body of Christ and say, here I am. I'm coming as I am. But I don't want to stay here. I want to be better. And not a 2.0, but I want to be conformed into the image of Jesus. I think that's just the absolute love of who Jesus is. Let me finish there. That's it. I'm just going to say that. I know there's another slide. Joe hasn't brought it up, but we can turn this off. I'm going to ask us to bow our heads and close our eyes. Again, just being honest with you, yesterday's experience with all those empaths and emotes, for me, was awesome. I'd love to be a church where everyone is on that same place. But I have to believe, right now some of you are like, dude, I am so glad we are big enough that I can run and hide, which is cool. That's where you're at. I get it. We still love you. Won't stop. But I want to admonish you with a caring heart. Say, there's something better than being stuck. That this Jesus that we talk about when we meet Him brings freedom. It's not easy. It never gets easy. I know for myself, it's a constant battle all day long. Maybe the same for you. But Jesus says, come. I know you. I know you clearly. I know your hurts. I know your pains. I know your struggles. I love you. You can come. I love you so much He says That I just can't leave you there Whether it's comfort Whether it's healing Whether it's cleansing From an addiction Addictive sin That just you can't seem To let go of He just says come Let me take care of you You don't invite A maid to your house Spend hours cleaning up Before the maid comes And then send now Clean the house That is utterly ridiculous And that's what Jesus says you don't need to make yourself 2.0. You don't need to make yourself better. I love you. Yes, I will tell you what you're doing is not living in obedience. Yes, I will tell you that your desires are messed up. Yes, I will tell you the fruit of the Spirit is not evident in your life. But if you come, I will heal. Sometimes, right away. For many of us, over a long, long the ministry of Admonis requires that people care you have to care about the person sitting next to you you have to love them and when you do your purpose is not to tell them how it is but to see them become more like Jesus that's true love silence I'm going to ask that you just tell Jesus how it is you're not going to surprise him you may be disappointed in God you may be angry with God you may be disappointed in people or angry with them. You might know if people sitting in this congregation right now. It could even be me who has hurt you greatly, sinned against you. I don't want to say I need your mercy and grace just to kind of minimize it, and legit, legitimize my sinful behavior. But there's nothing wrong with saying I'm a broken person. At least not in God's eyes. Maybe our culture says, oh, you'll lose face. People will look at you differently. Yeah, maybe they will. But so what? I would trade looking foolish to know the power of God any day. And as you work through that, your brokenness, which hurts people, your brokenness, which hurts yourself, your brokenness, which provokes all that hurting just let it go bring it to Jesus bring it to Jesus it's alright let the other per- part of the body come around her and I just pray then that, that when you see where you're at you just go this is where I'm at Jesus, come. Take me as I am. Take me as I am. Take me as I am. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church.